So I know this was your your uh, first time coming coming to this game. Um, I you know I I will take the the rap or the credit whatever it ends up being for for suggesting this this game. This was uh, I don't believe a, a listener suggestion, even though if it was, it was probably one of my friends who also likes this game. Yeah. Um, this had a, a huge huge effect on me. I, I you know played a lot of the pen and paper game in junior high, and saw this probably at a used game store. You know I remember those. Um, you know a, a non chain used game store. Just like, oh, Shadowrun, there's a Shadowrun game. And I just, I played it like crazy. Like, I, I spent an entire summer, you know, and it seems like these mem- these games I have this memory of are mostly kind of bad games. I It's the same thing with, like, Simon's Quest. Like, I would spend, you know, hours over the summer playing Simon's Quest, just staying up until 4 or 5 in the morning. Um, you know, but I had this. I had maps and notes. Um, you know, I spent so much time just exploring the wilderness. Um, and it remind- also reminded me of exploring dungeons in Dragon Warrior, where it's like it's dark. It's got the creepy music, you know, and it just it, that's like something I associate with this game. So a lot of fond memories of being very immersed in it. And it wasn't until I kind of had a wider context for games, you know, when I maybe when I got my first computer, when I moved out of my mom's house, <laughs> that I realized like, hey, that game is really unlike anything else I've ever played. You know, this is something that I don't really see in other games. You know, I, I spent a lot of time looking for games like this <laughs> and not finding them. And it's weird how that realization only came afterwards you know after after you had seen other things that were kind of like it right well it's, it's, it was just a function of not having a wide breadth of, of video game knowledge you know at the time especially genesis knowledge i remember like i got a genesis kind of after you know i'd had a super nintendo for a few mm-hmm. years and uh it was after my you know christmas and birthday kind of time so i would get genesis games i wouldn't get new ones it was just whatever i could save up for to buy used mm-hmm. so uh you know i was just kind of exploring the genesis library on my own and uh you know the i just kind of thought that maybe there would be more things like this you know i didn't and i also didn't really examine games as much as i do now mm-hmm. you know i didn't spend as much time thinking about yeah. what's good and what's bad about games i just kind of played them i wonder when i picked up that habit i don't i don't really know but but it's it's weird because my my trajectory was kind of the opposite of yours, um, mm-hmm. which was maybe it was because I'm you know younger. But I started out with a lot of my 16-bit gaming on the Genesis. You know, I was a big fan of the Sonic uh, games, and I understand that my position is not venerated <laughs> by history. I know, mm-hmm. I know. We we you uh, talked about your your couple weeks you're going to spend in Sonic Camp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or the, uh, the, or the the refuge for Sega kids, like recovering Sega kids. <laughs> Being deprogrammed, yeah. No, but just I, I did that, and then when I m- kind of moved on to really being kind of RPG conscious, which was, you know, primarily due to uh, Super Mario RPG um, and with Final Fantasy 4 specifically. Dear God, I hope sometime down the line we talk about Final Fantasy 4. Yeah, I, I, I could go on for hours and hours about Final I, Fantasy IV. I love 4. that game. It's my favorite. Um, but uh, but <laughs> if, if I had stuck with Sega Genesis or moved into Sega Genesis to be RPG conscious or, you know, with Fantasy Star or something like that, I would have had exposure to this kind of whole different breadth of experiences. So it was really just by a virtue of the time that I kind of came into being able to accept these different pace games that weren't just run from left to right and jump up and down and maybe look at some colorful characters. Um, right. You know, things could have shaken out differently. Right. And this was, I mean, just thinking about it, you know, my experience with Sega, since I was buying these games myself, um, you know, I never really got into the kind of the big hits for Sega. Like, I was never huge into Sonic. Like, I like Sonic 1 and 2, but I didn't, wasn't huge into them. But it was like this game 
and Starflight, which, you know, is a, a PC game, but is also very strange. You know, for in a weird way, the Genesis, even though, you know, I don't think this is objectively true, for me personally, it was like the place for innovation. Because uh, maybe because it had its the market position it did, and maybe because I was coming at it a few years after its heyday. So I was entirely looking at the used market. But, you know, there are a lot of just kind of weird Genesis games I played, like Herzog ZY, or ZY, yeah. Herzog ZY. Herzog ZY. Zvi. Uh, you know, I played that game. Like a lot of these games, you know, Genesis was the place for innovation for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also the place for like decap attack and, and all kinds, <laughs> all kinds of garbage, you know? Yeah. So it was just kind of this, it was a weird kind of opposite experience because I think on the whole, looking back at it, there is a wider breadth of games for Super Nintendo and better games. Yeah. But at the time, just because of the circumstance of how I came to it, I played all the weird shit that I liked on Genesis. Yeah. And I'll admit that I've, I've, I've always been, you know, probably a couple of steps away from taking the plunge and playing Shadowrun for Genesis. And really this podcast was my impetus for actually playing it. But, you know, I think we both had similar experiences where we got into junior high and high school and started playing pen and paper games. And I started, you know, sampling from a lot of different systems and Shadowrun was one of them that I didn't spend a lot of time on. But I did read some of the books, you know, and things like that. And I was like, oh, that looks interesting. I'll probably pay attention to that. And I never really did. And I'll say that I'm interested in playing the SNES game because I feel like it might be more my speed. Um, yeah. Because I am I, a point and click guy. I think you'll like it. It is hard. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah, it is, it is a tough game. Um, and it shares some of the same faults where you do have to spend uh, time grinding. Not so much. I mean, you do have to spend time grinding for money, but it's not as extreme. Um, you do have to spend a lot of time grinding for karma, mm-hmm. but it is, it is really, I mean, it's, it's this, you know, it's kind of an accidental theme in a lot of the games we've done are these like <laughs> really kind of flawed in an interesting way games. And, uh, it definitely falls under that. So maybe, you know, maybe a year from now we should, we should do the super Nintendo one Yeah, and it'll be, uh, November is Shadowrun month. <laughs> November then, is uh, <laughs> Shadowrun month. That's yeah. the, that's the moral actually, of the story. There's actually a fourth Shadowrun game that is only made as uh, Sega CD yeah. that only came out in Japan. But I, I'm, I, w- I wish they would do a translation because I would be pretty interested in that. Are you sure there, there's nobody in the fan community who's done that? I'm not sure. I, I haven't spent a bu- I mean, I've meant to spend yeah. a bunch of time kind of checking it out, but I haven't done it. Oh. Um, yeah. So, and, and this does kind of almost uh, run the gamut of doing video games based on pen and paper RPGs. <laughs> we, you know, at some point... You know, in the in the relatively near future, we have to do one based on Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, we need to hit up and either Baldur's Gate, Neverwinter Nights. That yeah. was where I kind of came into my own. Although I understand yeah. it's not a great game. Um, yeah, you know, we should do Torment. We, but yeah, I, I would. Man, Torment is that game is astounding. <laughs> if you haven't played it, Cole, I would love to be part of the impetus of you playing it because <laughs> that game is so good. Let's. Set, I, I would let's, take a lot of credit for. Let's set it for a couple of months out, um, and then we'll and, and and I'll work on it until then. But yeah, it, it is long. Yeah, so so we don't know when it'll be, but yeah, uh, kind of moving into the announcing game section. Yeah, um, you know, torment is one of them. <laughs> right if, if you just have to you know you're gonna you just want someone to go you, can you imagine like 
you're you're taking a trip and you go into a town and you're trying to find a bar and the way you do it is by entering every building in town until you find a bar. <laughs> like, like it's, it's you know, and just you just happen to be in there. And sometimes when you go into the building, uh, gang you know gang members spill out and start shooting you. Yeah, you know, no I mean, I guess they're trying trying to make Seattle not a, a fun place to visit, but uh, and in that they've succeeded. And, you know, it's, it's it, it does seem like it'd be a terrible place to be. Yeah. No, it's the, it's the future, Gary. You know, we don't know how things are going to shake out. Sign technology will have changed by tremendous grasp. People don't have time to look at things and have them be <laughs> readily identifiable. People don't have time to not kill people in marauding gangs in the street. I'm making mm-hmm. quote signs here. but Totally. The, the, uh, oh. Yeah. It's just because yeah. the information just beamed directly into your brain like a Pepsi ad whenever you look at the building. <laughs> it, just, it doesn't come across in the game. Hi, hey, Mr. Piper Ryback, he said that you had some tips on some corp shadow runs or something like that. Yeah, the thing you have to remember when you run up against the corporations is to watch out for fireballs. Oh, look at me. I'm a big corporation shadow guy. (laughs) I have have a coworker who does that impersonation for any man, like no matter who it is or what they're doing. So she just walks up and she's like, yeah, he he came up to me and he was like, oh, I would just like to make an appointment. Can you help me with that out or everything? And I, I keep trying to subtly, you know, I was like, well, you know, if I wanted to be more offended, it would be a little bit offensive just that like every single man in the universe sounds like a big dumb asshole. It's just, you know, his voice is just a rampaging elephant that just crashes into the conversation. Sounds like, sounds, sounds like a cross between uh, between John Travolta and Baby Cakes. <laughs> you know, it's like, my my dad says, you know. <laughs> okay.